Good evening. Welcome to service here tonight at St. Paul's Lutheran Church. It's wonderful that you've joined us for our midweek Lenten service. Uh, this is our fifth midweek Lenten service as we've talked about the various words of the church. Tonight we're going to be talking about the word justification. And uh, if you don't know what that means, that's just fine because we're going to be talking about it. Uh, and so our service tonight is up on our screens along with all of our hymns and all of our readings that we will respond with. Uh, and uh, we'll open with our hymn, 425, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. God's blessings on your worship this evening. Open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me. For I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. 
Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. In the day of my trouble, I call upon you, for you answer me. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, have mercy. O Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Today our Old Testament, or actually our uh, epistle reading, is from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthian church, the fifth chapter. St. Paul says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. We rise for a reading from the gospel. We hear from the gospel of Matthew, his ninth chapter. And behold, some people brought to Jesus a paralytic lying in a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven, or to say rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowds saw it, they were afraid and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. You may be seated for our sermon hymn.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to each and every one of you through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you ever felt the need to justify yourself? Maybe somebody questioned a decision you made, or, or maybe they took offense at a word you said, and you felt the need to explain yourself, to try to get across to them that they took offense, but there really was no reason for offense. Maybe in your justification, you explained to them why you did what you did, and they were satisfied. And in kind of a legal sense, they declared you not guilty of the offense they had originally accused you of. But maybe someone called you out on something you had done wrong. And you thought to yourself, I really don't have a good justification for what I said or for what I did. And you admit you're right. I messed up. I don't have a justification for what I did. And in a legal sense, you were guilty of the offense that they claimed you had committed. You know, because justification has that root word of justice in it. Just. Has a legal sense to it, and that's what it comes down to. It comes down to guilty or not guilty. The person is on trial and they are declared not guilty. They feel they've received justice. They've been justified that the accusations made against them have been proven false and they are free to go. But I suppose on the other hand, if a person is found guilty for a crime they've committed, that's also justice, isn't it? You know, as Christians, if we want to talk about that legal sense, we have a very firm and foundational understanding of God. That God is the creator. God is the one who made the heavens and the earth. God is the one who made our forebears, Adam and Eve, and all those after him. God is the one who not only created the stuff we see, but he created the laws by which we live. He created gravity and inertia. He created the planets and the stars. Everything that functions, God made. And that includes morality. And God expresses that morality through his law. Last week we talked about law and gospel and how God brings about his expectations to us by simply telling us. And we have those commands, those commandments. And we can bicker over some of the finer points, but we get it. We get what God expects. We have his law. And while perhaps in conversation with your fellow brothers and sisters, you can justify a few things you've done harshly. Maybe you can explain away some words that you spoke in anger. But if you think about that image of a court of law and God being the judge and you stood there between an all-knowing judge, someone who had every single word you said in anger, every single lustful thought you've had, every single action you've taken in hate, and he had it before him, do you really think you could justify that? Do you really think you could fool the God of all creation and make him look at the list of what you've done wrong and say, you're right, you had a good reason for all of it? 
Could we explain it away? I think that all of us, your pastors included, would be found resoundingly guilty without a doubt. And that's why we talk about justification. Because justification is oftentimes seen as an excuse. It's, it's what I can explain away what I've done wrong, but when it comes between me and God, there isn't much explaining because God knows every detail. And so if we're going to be justified, if we're going to be found not guilty, if we're going to go free, it can't come from within. Because from within only comes excuses and more sin and more lies and more selfishness. We can't have convincing arguments to somebody who knows exactly who we are and what we've done. And that's why, my brothers and sisters in Christ, being justified, being made not guilty, being made perfect in the sight of God has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with how good we can explain ourselves or, 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 or how good of an arguer we might be. It has all to do with what God accomplishes for us in his declaring of us justified. This gospel reading that we read tonight is a perfect encapsulation of the concept of justification. A man who is paralyzed, literally cannot help himself, is brought before Jesus. It doesn't say that he asked for it. It doesn't say that he invited Jesus. His friends took him. And they lowered him down to where Jesus was. And what is the first words Jesus says to him? He says, take heart, my son. Your sins are forgiven. This man who could not help himself, could do nothing to better his situation, Jesus declares him justified. He didn't interview him and say, well, on April 21st, uh, uh, 32 BC, you said this to your mom. And on, on April 19th, you also said that he didn't do that. He said, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And then to prove the point that he has the ability to do that, then he tells, get up and walk. And the paralyzed man does. This is a perfect picture for our justification too. Because we don't come before Christ as somebody who can argue our defense. We don't come before Christ as somebody who can even invite him to say, Hey God, take a look at this. I'm pretty good. We come before Christ as a fallen and broken and dead sinner. We are paralyzed spiritually, and he declares us justified. He looks at us and declares the wrongs that we've committed, the mistakes that we've made, those harsh words that we've said, they are wiped out clean, and we are declared not guilty. And why can he do that? Well, St. Paul tells us that. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, For our sake he made him to be sin 
who knew no sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Christ took on all those mistakes. Christ paid the price for every single one of them on that cross. And when he went there and died and was damned in the presence of all of those people, when he experienced the torment of the wrath of God, he did it because he was going to declare you and did declare you justified, declared you saved, declared you not guilty because of his guiltlessness. That is how justice is done. God doesn't just turn a blind eye to our sin and say, oh, don't worry about it. He visits every single punishment on his son. Takes it from us and puts it on him. And then that son, when he dies, takes those sins to hell and leaves them there. And rises to new life to show us that death itself cannot defeat him. He declares us justified because of his actions, not ours. He took our guilt on himself, not because we deserved it, but because he loves us. We are not guilty. Not by reason of our strength, but by his love, by his blood, and by his sacrifice. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. If you haven't already, I invite you that as you leave tonight to place your offering at the plate at the back or in the plate in the narthex or use our online giving option through our website. We rise as we speak the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry come to you. In the day of my trouble, I call upon you, for you answer me. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. 
Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say evermore, God is great. Save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, your mercies are new every morning, and though we deserve only punishment, you receive us as your children and provide for all our needs of body and soul. Grant that we may heartily acknowledge your merciful goodness, give thanks for all your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this day. And I pray that you would forgive me all my sins where I have done wrong and graciously keep me this night. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless us, defend us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. You may be seated for our closing hymn.
Good evening. Welcome again to the Lord's House. Thank you very much for being here tonight. Uh, next week, we'll continue our midweek Lenten services. It'll be our last Wednesday night service. Uh, that'll be our sixth Wednesday. And then the week after that, we'll be having our uh, Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday services at 6.30 as well. So please come to those. And next Wednesday at 6.30. God's blessings to you all, and have a wonderful rest of your week in the Lord.